This is not happening. Here's your host, Ari Shafir. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the This Is Not Happening presents where me, Ari Shafir, host and put on a show where a bunch of different comedians will tell a story about the same subject. For this episode, it was one crazy night. It's just stories about something that happened over a night, some crazy night. So for this show, we have Sean Patton, who's probably done this show maybe more than anyone else has done it. What's up, Sean? How are you? Nobody. Good. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for doing this Storyteller show. You don't have a name for your story at all, do you? Not really, no. Yeah. I mean, I've never really thought of to name it. Uh, yeah, that's all right. Should we, should, should we name it now? Yeah, maybe. Sure. My favorite Mardi Gras? No. Something that doesn't uh, give away the story. You know what? Lundy Gras. No one knows what that is. Lundy Gras? And Lundy Gras is what that day is called, the day before Mardi Gras. Lundy, L-U-N-D-I. This is Not Happening Presents with Sean Patton. Lundy Gras. Enjoy. I am pitted out, aren't I? No, I'm not. What about on this side? Right? It's always this side, never this side. Right? No, just it's just me. There's three things you need to know about me before I commence telling this story. It's very simple. One, I was born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Two, I am I'm, I'm trained in stage combat. <laughs> And three, I have only snorted cocaine once in my life. Now let's cover all of those again. New Orleans, Louisiana, obvious, it's in the South, okay? Stage combat. My friend Tommy and I, we're high school friends, we're both comedians. As a goof, we started taking stage combat classes. It uh, kept going for a year. Now we're both trained in stage combat. <laughs> cocaine. Now I've done cocaine half a dozen times but I've only snorted it once. What I mean by that is I would always go last. I would cut the biggest line. I'd be the most amped about it. I'd let all my friends go first. And as soon as they were off in the corner comparing how the drip felt, I would just wipe it away and go, whoa, yeah! And then just be high energy all night. No one ever doubted me. No one ever doubted that I wasn't blown up out of my mind. Why didn't I actually do coke? Because it's fucking cocaine, it's bad for you. I was scared. Do I need to explain anymore? Terrified to do it, didn't want to do it. So I lied. However, one year in 2004 on Lundy Gras Day, that's the day before Mardi Gras, if you know your New Orleans shit, and it's the crazy day. It's when the fucking crazy fucking things happen. It's when, it's when people do coke for the first time, for real. That's exactly what happened. I was with my friend Tommy. It's like, fuck it, man. Let's do this coke for real. And it was, you know, it was amazing. Anyway, so... We're coked up, we're both comedians, we're both trained in stage combat. We're let loose on the streets of the French Quarter in New Orleans on Lundy Gras Day. Duh, what's gonna happen? Fight scenes, you bet your fucking ass! Non-stop fight scenes in front of tourists. We would see big groups of tourists looking for tits, chanting for tits in the wrong places. We would roll up, we'd act like a gay couple that had gotten into an argument that it turned into a spat, that it would become a fight. So we'd walk by like, why can't I be on top tonight? Well, because you're hung like a fucking light switch. Well, at least my cum doesn't taste like blood. And then we start fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd go at it. And the weird thing was, no one ever once threatened to call the cops, <laughs> tried to break us up or stop us. They just let it happen. And it was weird because the thing is, I look now like I did then. And I think I look now 
And then, like a cancer victim that survived cancer by eating the tumor out of his body. That's my description of myself. You don't think that's positive, believe me, it is. I eat a tumor out of my body. Tommy is sculpted out of marble. He's got an eight pack, he's a gorgeous human being. He is now, he was then. So I would always win the fight because it just didn't look right. And at one point I remember we're fighting and there's just this old black dude just chilling, just watching us smoking a cigarette. And who knows if it was a menthol? I don't want to stereotype, could have been, you know? I don't want to be that guy just assumes he's puffing on a Newport. Could have been a clove for all I know. But he's just standing there puffing away. And Tommy tries to get his attention and he goes, and Tommy is a great actor, he was in character. He's like, help, help, my lover's hitting me. And this old black dude with all his old black man wisdom just goes, well hit him back, you're both boys, ain't you? That brings up a very interesting fact about homosexuality in the male world. If your lover pisses you off, Punch him in his fucking face. You can do that. You're both men. Being gay doesn't take that away. Fight it out. It's not domestic violence. It's just two dudes hashing shit out. Beat it out of one another. I mean, think about straight couples. You get in an argument. How awesome is that makeup sex after just arguing? Imagine how amazing the fucking makeup sex is after you beat the shit out of one another. Just, oh, you just, you have that, you blow those Thor loads. You know what I'm saying? Ah! Come like a Norse god. Whoever take this load shall have thy power. So we decided after a while that maybe we were just too predictable. We decided to change the, to flip the script, to change it up. He started Tommy he played a gay prostitute. So he was just standing on random corners going, I'm selling dick by the inch. Dick by the inch. Which doesn't really make sense, but it made me laugh real hard. It's like, so what if they want your, how much by the inch? And what if they only have, what if they only want half your dick? Can they just have half? Because what are they gonna do with only half? And what, wait a second, it's not like a kielbasa. You're not slicing off. Dick by the inch. He would do that, and I would play a gay basher. So I would roll up on him out of nowhere, be like, you fucking queer, throw a punch. And we had the move all worked out. He would catch, barrel roll me, roundhouse kick, uppercut, I'd be out cold. It was beautiful. We nailed this time and time again. There was at one point, this old woman just out of nowhere was like, he deserved that! He deserved it! Because I'm a good actor. Tommy's a better actor, though. Because after every time he beat my ass, he would celebrate, people would, run, people would walk up and high-five him and shit. He'd be like, I'm dicks two for one by the inch for the next hour, which makes less sense than just selling dick by the inch. Dicks two for one by the inch! What does that even mean? I don't care, it's hilarious. <laughs> so at one point, we do, we do the fight. I'm laying there, unconscious. He's celebrating, a few people come by and high-five. And at one point, just out of nowhere, this dude rolls up on him, eating a lucky dog, which if you've never been to New Orleans, a lucky dog, it's just a giant hot dog. Someone chuckled like they know what a lucky dog is. Oh, it's bad. It's like 14 inches of hot dog. I don't know why they call it lucky. 
Unless you're the kind of person who's like, oh, I get to shit 15 times tomorrow. <laughs> Lucky me. Yum, 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 yum. But this dude just rolls up on Tommy, who's like celebrating. He's like, dick is three for one by the inch. It keeps getting funnier the more he offers it up. It makes less sense. He's num, 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 num. And this guy walks up, nibbling on his lucky dog. He's like, hey, dude, you really gay? You really gay? And I, first of all, I thought that was a funny thing of him to ask that question while nibbling on a giant phallic-shaped thing in a bun. You really gay? And I'm watching this a few feet away, pretending to be unconscious, thinking, oh, damn, a real John. We are good. But then, Tommy, still in character, doesn't break in front of anyone, goes, yes, I am, Mr. Man, gay as shit. Dick, it's free for you. And then this man, this stranger, drops that lucky dog, rears back and punches Tommy in the chest hard. No, no stage combat now, just straight up, thump, punches him fucking hard. And I, I see that and think, oh no, a real gay basher. We were too good. No! So I jump up, I get between them. I'm like, hey, hey dude, back off. Seriously, back off, it's fine. And this dude goes, what? Man, fuck that, he was about to rape you. Is that what was about to happen? He was 20 feet away, dancing. What do you think rape is, sir? You think it's just someone dancing 20 feet away from you? If it were, it'd be a whole lot easier to prevent. <laughs> but then I realized this guy's a bigot. Like all bigots, he thinks incorrectly. So I was just like, dude, it's fine. Get the fuck out of here, man. He's not gay. He's my friend. But Tommy, as I said, a great actor, doesn't break character. And he's still in character. And now he's angry. And just goes, fuck this. Yes, I am. I'm gay as shit. Bring it, motherfucker. Bring it. What happens next was that gay basher throws one punch. It hits me directly in the jaw. Now, if you've never been hit directly in your jaw before, what happens is your legs disappear. They disappear. They turn into a magical cloud that you float to the ground. Happen. Bye. I feel like a character in Mike Tyson's punch out. You know? And I say this only once in my life. I'm glad I, wasn't I was on cocaine. I'm glad because I didn't get knocked out. I fell, but I stayed conscious. And I credit that entirely with the blow in my system. And I'm glad I stayed conscious because what I saw next was amazing. What I saw next was my friend Tommy, who I'd known most of my life, who I knew was trained in stage combat just like I. I saw him square up on this dude, Wolverine style. <laughs> take a punch to the face and go, that's all I needed. And then fuck this guy up, bam, destroyed him. Like, destroyed him. Like, and I mean, like, didn't, yes, trained in stage combat didn't matter. Turns out he was a natural at real combat. It was amazing. There was like Jason Bourne elbows and shit. He landed a jump knee. 
He landed a jump knee. When have you seen anyone ever just land a jump knee? In the dude's chin, knock, it was, like it was so badass that when Tommy was finally done with this dude, we had to skedaddle. Cause now we were the bad guys. We'd gone too far. Right, I laid there for too long. So we got up, got the fuck out of there, went to a bar, had an emergency medical beer. <laughs> Smoked a mandatory recovery bowl. Yeah. I love how like marijuana is legal, but they're still like, yeah. I'm with you, bud. I ain't, I ain't falling for that government bullshit. I'm with the marijuana, motherfucker. And we're outside, we're smoking cigarettes, and we're just kind of like walking around talking about it. I'm like, I'm yapping my ass off. Like, I can't believe that happened. That was amazing. Tommy's been quiet for some time, like a few minutes now. And he finally just goes, look, like, you understand, though, that that was real. That was real. I was like, yeah, I know it was real. It hurt. Like, Ow. <laughs> then he goes, he gets real serious. He's like, no, no. Um, I'm the gay thing. I'm gay. <laughs> I'm gay. I've tried to come out to you for years. I said it then, figuring, fuck it, kill two birds with one stone. I'm gay. So if you think about this for a second, not only am I the only person who's straight that I've ever met who's been gay bashed, but that is how my friend Tommy got to come out to me which is the most badass way to come out of the closet possible. Just announce, yes I am, I'm gay as shit. Bring it motherfucker. And then immediately thrash a bigot, like right out of the gates, you know? Can't top it, can't top it. So I had never, you know, I was 24 years old. He was the first gay guy I'd ever met or known. I was like, take me to a gay, let's go to a gay bar. I want to see what this is like. So we go to a place on Bourbon Street called Oz. <laughs> yep, follow the yellow brick road. It leads to the bathroom. <laughs> and it does though, you know, it does. And the thing about the French Quarter is that it, it has eyes. It sees everything. So by the time we got to that bar, word of his heroics had spread in that gay community. He was a hero. He had glory holes to go judge. You know what I mean? He was whisked away in a cloud of glitter and smacking sounds. Gone. And I sat there at that gay bar just by myself, just traumatized. It was a traumatizing thing. I was just like, what kind of world do we live in where my friend and I, who I didn't know was gay at the time, but now I know he's gay and it's totally cool. What kind of world do we live in? where we can't stage a fake gay bashing <laughs> without really being gay bashed. What the fuck is going on, man? And there's a phenomenon in the gay world. Is anybody, are there any gay men here? No one, really? In Hollywood? <laughs> this is the only place in Hollywood then, I guarantee that. If they took like a, how many gay men people are in the room thing, it, never mind. don't riff during a storytelling show. <laughs> Well, there's a, there's a thing in the gay world. There are women, they're called fag hags. There are women who hang out exclusively with gay men. And the reason is because most of them are too goddamn attractive for straight men. That's just the bottom line. Like they get around you and you're, it's like someone 
throws like an orgasm tractor beam at you. You're just like, ah, I messed myself, you know? Like they're just, they're too attractive. They can only hang out with guys who are not into them. But I was sitting there at the bar and there was this one of, one of them, one of this beautiful girl named Milo. She comes up and she's like, I heard what you did. And in my head, I was like, what, took a punch? But on the outside, I was like, yeah, I had to do it. He's my friend. <laughs> and she elected me as her charity hookup of the night. Now, no, I didn't get to sleep with her, but she let me go down on her for like 45 minutes in the back of her dad's Ford Explorer. <laughs> and I just want to say right now, there is no better way to get over the trauma of being gay bashed for the first time than munching down on some sweet fag hag puss. <laughs> Balance was restored. Thank you very much. Sean Pad, you guys, give another round of applause. All right, that was Sean Patton doing a story for This Is Not Happening Presents. So you lived in New Orleans, right? You went to school there? I, I'm from there. I grew up there. How much drinking did you do there? It's just everywhere there, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's also in the culture. Like, when you're, as soon as you're, like, you know, puberty hits, they're like, well, I don't know if they have one. You don't have to drink light beer. You know, and <laughs> from when I was there, from when I was a teenager, man, you just, your dad gives you one, your uncle slips you a beer. And this all sounds terrible, but it just, it's it's just uh, it's not it's not frowned upon. Yeah, even the the old done. like the old white ladies sit on the back of their porches and drink like mint juleps, right? Like all day long. Yeah, I think the mint julep predates. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, but I think hipsters drink mint juleps now. I'm thinking of but, ladies um, in like the slave times. <laughs> I'm thinking of, like those yeah, kind exactly. of ladies sit on their back porch. They, def they definitely sit on porches and drink like whiskey. Do you still talk to that buddy now? That friend of Yeah, man. Yeah, and it's interesting because he kind of went backwards. He lives now in uh, Hawaii and is in the Army, or I'm sorry, the Navy, and is married to a woman. Whoa. Like went, yeah, yeah, he like went back in the closet. Wait, he's just living a lie? I, I, hey, maybe sometimes people just uh, are gay for a while, and it, they, they just need a few years. And they're like, you know what? That was fun. Back to Let's go back to being uh, confused by the opposite sex. Yeah, he lives in Hawaii. He's married to a lady. Wow. Uh, and, he's, and he's in the Navy. And he went into the Navy after being gay. So maybe he just wanted to be in the Navy real bad and was like, let me get this gay out of my system. In the Navy? Is yeah, that the place uh, no, where you go for gay experiences? Exactly. He got it out before he went into the Navy. So when yeah. he got there, he was like, guys, I'm already clear on all this. Look, so. look, I've done it. I'm good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's just a, mm -hmm. some level of bisexuality, right? So he discovers, oh, I like guys. And you're like, no, no, but you also like girls. Yeah, like now, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure if he's listening to this, you know, and he hasn't told anyone, like, well, look, I'm doing you a favor, man. All right, I'm helping you. <laughs> Don't say his name. My favorite part of Mardi Gras is what they do at midnight of the last day of Mardi Gras. Have you seen that? Yeah, many times. The best part is it's it happens and then... Three minutes later, everyone's back on the street. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, mean, I didn't see that. I know they make it. They make it look like, all right, New Orleans, you've had your fun. Now go home. But then they do the sweep with the horses, and then yeah, the people just kind of go into the bars and then fall right back. Oh, the wow! <laughs> horses come in on one side of the street, cops with horses, and say, "Go home. It's over now. Now it's time for yeah. church." Oh, nope. and they all go back to it. That makes sense. Yeah, why would they stop? Yeah. Why would drunks it's like obey? 
Right. It's like a ceremonial thing. It's like, okay, yeah, we're sorry. Fuck you. But it's like parents you don't respect, you know, like, fine, dad. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go to bed now. Fuck that guy. The thing is, you just said, you, you drunkenly heckle or thank them as they go by. <laughs> Thanks, officer. You're doing a great job. Thank you for everything you do in protecting me so I can be drunk on the street. Bye. Fuck you. And then right back to the street, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. How it's do, awesome, though. It is, it's fun. How do locals view Mardi Gras? Some locals hate it. Some locals, I know people, a lot of people, like, leave town, you know, or some locals are crazier about it than even the most avid Mardi Gras tourists. You know, they'll set up, they live on the parade route, so they'll they'll, they'll set up, like, a bathroom, like, hey, two bucks to pee. Oh, and yeah. You pay it. Five, five or one, ten bucks to pee. It's ridiculous. But that's the one thing you will get arrested for at Mardi Gras, peeing in public. Yeah, that that they do that, right? They enforce that's the only yeah. thing. You know, if you're if you're chugging out of you know chugging moonshine and smash the bottle over your friend's head, they'll be like, "Hey, watch it!" <laughs> get but out like, of here, kids. Peeing, peeing is when they will shut you. That's why one year I had a thing. It was a I had a, it was a condom catheter that you wore, like you put the condom catheter on and then strapped it around your waist. And then a tube that you every inter, you know taped down your leg that kind of like ran out by your shoe, and you could just pee. Oh my god! And yeah, it's called a sneaky leaker, and some dude in <laughs> some Mardi Gras dude invented it. It was the best. In, like I, the, the company went out of business, unfortunately. It doesn't have that big of a market. <laughs> oh but, yeah, man, it was the best in thing I ever did. Like you just. Stand on top of a drainage drain, just pee, and no one can tell the difference. It's happened to me. I've been arrested for peeing on Mardi Gras. It, it was, nothing will ruin an amazing day where you're like, I'm having the greatest drunk day of my life. Let me just go behind this tree and take a piss so I can continue this. What? I'm now going to jail for the day? <laughs> full so, jail? Yeah. Full jail. Not like a ticket. No, fuck no. They take you in. They, they, wow. they, they make an example out of you. Yeah, yeah. They'll make an example. I had to go and sit in a holding cell. They uh, they detain you till the next day. Oh, uh, you miss doing. Mardi Gras, and you miss yeah, you miss that force. Yeah, it was it's a bummer, but I, I I get it. I get it because growing up there, you're like think about it. Like there's millions of people at Mardi Gras. If they just let millions of people pee in the streets, it would just smell <laughs> like New York. Yeah, yeah, it would be yeah. New York City. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Sean. My Twitter handle is uh, at Mr. Sean Patton. Just DMR. At Mr. Sean Patton. Give me a follow. S-E-A-N-P-A-T-T-O-N. Uh, my website is IamSeanPatton.com. But my Twitter handle is probably a better follow right now because I'm still, my website won't be ready until after my special comes out on June 21st, my half hour. Oh, nice. On Comedy Central. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Later, Ari. This Friday, June 21st. Check it out. I, seriously, check it out. Set your DVRs. Uh, so that was This Not Happening presents Sean Patton doing a story called uh, Lundy Gras. If you want to see video of these stories, don't forget to go to cc.com slash T-I-N-H. You can see videos and extended versions of every one of these stories. You can also go to Comedy Central's YouTube page to see the stories as well. For all the comedy nerds out there. You've been listening to a podcast from Comedy Central Studios.